Amen. You may be seated. So I'm going to I'm going to start with an apology because I'm going to tell you I lied. I told you we'd be done with this uh, thing tonight, and after, I just the more I studied it, the more I preferred we're going to split it into two pieces. So it's going to take us two more weeks. Well, this week and next week to finish out uh, the this part this this little. Uh, mini-series, if you will, on church membership. So for the next two Sunday nights, and just as a reminder, we'll go back over and look at it, that church is a command, it seems to be evident. And um, let me see, because this one I like. He had church as a commodity, which I wasn't really thrilled with. Church is a beneficial resource. Church is a communion. Church is a commitment. And lastly, church membership is... A cause, but I would actually say it's more than one. It's more than one cause. But you, the best way to say it is church membership gives you a one of a believer's reasons for being. Okay, Everyone needs a cause of some sort. Okay, uh, You may not think that, but it's a guarantee that almost everyone in the room has some little spot in their life where maybe just to the few people that, they're, that they'll talk to, or maybe to anyone who will listen, they will haul out their soapbox, set it up, proceed to tell everybody what they think about something, and then step down. And Everyone has a soapbox, okay? Everyone has something that they are willing to, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say die for, but that's not always the best reason. Some, some, everyone has something that they're willing to talk about defend, move, okay? And I think obviously right now uh, our country is very divided because a whole lot of people are getting on soapboxes, that's for sure. Uh, honestly, I think what this country needs is less soapboxes and more conversation, but that's a whole, I mean real conversation, but that's a whole another realm. So, and let me, uh, let me just kind of start with this. And this is, and because I've had conversation about politics with many people in here, I don't want you to think that I, this is reference to any recent conversation. It's just a statement of fact. I hate to have to even say that, but it's how people are. Politics is not a church cause. I'm going to repeat that. Politics is not a church cause. Now, everyone here who is an American citizen should be, should be involved in the direction of our country. And I'll just say this again as a step off the step away from the pulpit. If we're going to talk about politics, just a sec. Uh, don't get all uptight about the presidential election. And I'm being honest. If you don't show up at any city meetings to talk about what's going on there, okay? It's not the president in the United States who decides the direction of the country. We are a bottom-up, bottom-up group, or bottom-up government, okay? That means we can decide from the bottom up. Well, other people have made it up into politics. Yeah, people that we elected down here and moved their way up. So I'm just kind of, that's a sideways thing. Now, step back in. Okay. Politics isn't a church cause. So I'm not going to preach about politics. Okay. I'm not, I, I'm, a lot of this stuff that you see here is not, has nothing to do with politics. has everything to do with me doing the best I can with leadership as I possibly can. Um, spreading the gospel is not about politics. 
There is absolutely, uh, don't matter, it don't matter. Do you realize we support missionaries who live in countries where they are not allowed to proselytize? Do you understand that, right? We support missionaries who are leading people to Christ in countries where they're not allowed to lead people to Christ. Church is not about politics. Okay, so I'm just kind of roll on through that. Um, Church is also not, not meant to be, although there are aspects that are true, church is not meant to be a social club. Okay, this isn't, now there are social aspects that we do enjoy. I'm not going to take away from that whatsoever. But it, and there's certainly community that must be a part of that. We've even talked about that. But the purpose of, the purpose of church is not to be a social club. Okay? We, we don't come primarily to socialize. That's not the purpose. We, now, we should, we should have a community. But the church exists with several direct um, purposes. And we've talked about some of those already. I think the most obvious one, okay, that, and one we're going to talk about tonight, the most obvious one that should come to every believer's lips would be the Great Commission. Okay? That's the, that's the most obvious cause, the purpose for a church. The, it's not the only purpose, but is the purpose for a church. It is the direction of a church. It's why a church exists, is, is, is the Great Commission. Okay? And the Great Commission says many things directly and implies many others. But so let's just put it this way, that we have marching orders. And those marching orders are basically evangelism. Okay? Uh, evangelism. Now, and I'm going to use evangelism biblically, not um, maybe culturally as we have seen it in, day, in days gone by, or even in today. So membership in this church... Uh, requires you to be involved in the cause of evangelism. It does, okay? So, what does that mean? Well, I, you all know this. This is like really basic, but I think it's, it's what we're going to talk about clearly. And we're just, if you want to go to Acts 1.8, this is going to be the primary, uh, the primary oh, verse we're going to be running to a lot, okay? Acts 1.8. Sorry, I'm hearing a whoa, whoa, whoa right up here. It's kind of weird. Maybe you don't hear it, but I do. So Acts 1.8. Here's Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And he says, And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, he is speaking, obviously, not just to the men as apostles, but to that group. Okay, because the same one is where he's given the, the great commission, okay, as, as a little bit ago. Because it says verse 9, when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up out of, the, out, of, out of their sight. But, and we take that personally as part of our understanding of how the great commission should reach. It's supposed to be to every creature, and it gives us this every creature, this fulfills it. And, it's, and it covers all that we do as churches, that we are supposed to be, uh, in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, under the uttermost part of the earth. So that's, that's kind of the basis where we're going to go. So obviously the first thing there is Jerusalem. So now, for all intents and purposes, what he's saying is your town. Okay, now it's not their town. Okay, it's really not. But this, it is where they are. 
It is where the church was started. It's where they, it's where the, they, they maintained the, the first church there was in the city of Jerusalem. So we can say, first of all, that the cause of this church is to win the lost in Jerome. Here. In our town. In our community, if we can say that. In our community. We shall be witness unto me both in Jerusalem. Now, did they do that? Well, Acts 5.28 Acts 5.28 says they filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. They filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. Now, I don't know if you all know this, but Jerusalem wasn't Podunk Hollow. <laughs> uh, I, there, there are some very interesting names of towns. I have a friend who's from Bean Blossom, Indiana. And no kidding, a town just down the road is Hogwallow. <laughs> and there's a few others. I mean, it gets really interesting. But uh, Jerusalem, for us, is Jerome. Let's just put it that way. Now, I want to ask you an interesting question. And I, and I don't want you to answer it out loud. I just want you to think on it a second. Do you think that we, not in the past, right now, I'm not talking about what has happened in the past. I'm talking about this group of believers that's alive right now. Because that's who the commission applies to. That's who the order applies to is us that are alive right now. There have been people in the past as members of our church. The church body is a past. They have done work. Great. That's, that's great for them. But this is to us who are alive and members today. Do you think everybody in Jerome knows exactly who we are? Do you, you remember, I mean, you know, how long is our church? This coming year will be how many years? Yeah, 75 years. And those of you who have been door knocking with me have know that we can knock on a door and say, hey, I'm from Jerome Bible Baptist Church. Oh, Baptist. Oh, yeah, you're the, you're the rock church. Now, that would be the church across there by the park. Oh, yeah, you're right. So what church are you? You know, and I, I'm telling you, how many times I've had this conversation was... You know, you know the courthouse where you go to get your license? Yeah. You know the other building that's in the parking lot? I mean, like, in the parking lot? Oh, yeah, there is a church there, isn't there? And if you remember, we have done many things of late to make sure that people know who we are generally. And that has worked. I'm telling you, I've, now we knock on doors, we talk to people, and they say, oh, yeah, you're the water bottle church. Or, oh, yeah, you guys are by the courthouse or something. And listen, that's a start. It is a good start. They begin to connect the dots. But they don't just, the, the whole town just doesn't need to know our name. Okay? They need to know our doctrine. And that's not primarily mine and Brother Harris's and Brother Chester's job. That's our job. Our job is to talk to people about who we are and what we believe. You know what this also requires is you have to begin to understand what you believe. You have to understand it yourself. Well, you know, I just don't have a good grasp on it. Well, you know, again, we can go back into the past. This church has not been without very good teaching for a very long time on many very good subjects. Uh, So at some point, it's not just about sitting and hearing. It's also about yourself delving into doctrine. I've heard this more than once over the last year, but there is no person who's not a theologian. There's not. 
Every person, period, is a theologian. Even those who have chosen to deny God have had to think about God in order to deny him. Thus, they have made theological choices. They have had theological thinking. Every person is a theologian. So what you are living and saying and studying and thinking is you you are telling people what you believe about your God. You are a theologian, and you are telling people what you believe about your God. Well, I'm not really saying anything. That is also saying something. I mean, think about it. Uh, if, if I am talking to a man that works for a company that does something that I need, and I am in the process of telling him what I need, and he says nothing about his own company... I gather from his belief that he does not believe that his company is the best one for the job. Do you understand that? So when people have needs and spiritual needs, and they they mention those spiritual needs around us, and we don't talk about the religion that we claim to believe, what do they think? Well, if it doesn't work for you, it probably won't work for me. I'm wandering from our notes a little bit, but this is all true. Uh, we, it's our responsibility to fill Jerome with our doctrine. Now, let, let me just be careful with this here because um, sometimes churches can get reputations for things that are not doctrinal. Okay, Churches get reputations often for how they act or the way they treat people or... Um, Literally being, as a matter of fact, more and more independent Baptists are becoming this idea that there's some kind of a cult uh, because many churches have an us-for-no-more attitude. Like, well, we like who comes to our church and we don't want any new people. You know, well, that's a problem because that's actually anti-Great Commission. (laughs) That literally is anti-Great Commission and that's a problem. We should want new people. We should look for them, welcome them, and desire them. And we are supposed to fill Jerusalem with our doctrine. Now, interesting, Acts 5.42 says, and daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. That means it was something they talked about wherever they were. They talked about it publicly to people. They talked about it privately to people. It was a normal thing for the believers of Jerusalem to talk about their doctrine, to talk about Jesus Christ with people out in the street at the market uh, to literally broadcast it sometimes publicly best way they could that was culturally acceptable at the time. You realize when it says that they, when they preach, we tend to take the street preaching idea maybe a little farther than we should because, well, that's what Paul did. Well, that's because that's what everybody did in Paul's day. That's what everybody did in Paul's day. If they had something new, that's where they presented it, was in a sort of a market square kind of idea. We do not do that in the United States anymore. If somebody has a new thing they want to hawk, they don't set up a box downtown on the intersection and start hollering at people. That's, that's not what they do, okay? You hear what I'm saying? They find ways to get into people's homes that is the normal, accepted way. It's one of the reasons I can't stand, I'll just tell you, I hate Facebook, I hate Facebook, I hate Facebook. But a lot of people in town use Facebook. So if that's one area we can get into their house, some, some way we can reach into their, into their house and they will listen, we'll use Facebook. Okay? So, and there's many, many other ways. I still want to get on a radio station. Still, that's one of my goals, and I probably just need to rearrange the budget to make it happen. But, so we need to reach the lost in our community. Acts 5.28, they did it. Acts 5.42, they did it. Um, now think about this. What we get concerned about most often, I think, I'm not sure if I know what we, 
honestly, what we concerned about most often. But Jude says this, and you know the verse, and of some have compassion, making a difference, and of others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. This, there, there ought to be a compassionate outreach from our church to people who need to hear the gospel. Not, not a dictatorship gospel, amen, a compassionate gospel, also one that tells the truth. So you do have to come out with the truth. Now, Proverbs brings up an interesting point. Proverbs brings up an interesting point. And this is not a, a soul-winning verse, but it is an applicable verse, applicable, however you want to say it, verse. Proverbs 24, 11 and 12 says this, If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, if thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not. Doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death. Would that not be a good description of those who are lost in our community? Absolutely. And if we don't care and we say, Well, how was I to know? They, they seem like a good person. You hear that? Well, that's not going to be a, a, a worthy excuse before the Lord. It is required upon us as believers that we reach out into our community. First, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 11, 14, and 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 11, 14, and 20. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, listen, we persuade men. You know what that means, right? It, it, it doesn't mean you twist their arm up behind their back and get them to say what you want them to say. It means you keep talking until they understand. Okay, you hear that? You keep telling. You keep coming at different angles. Um, uh, I, when, when you are convinced of something and someone else doesn't believe it, many people are given, and me especially, I'll just tell you, but given to them, you come at it from a different angle. Well, think of it this way. Well, okay, well, think of it this way. Well, think of it this way. Can, you know, can't you see? I mean, this is like, you know, and, and you, you begin to show, and you begin to demonstrate, persuade, because you want them to believe. Listen, we have, we have the most truthful thing on the face of the planet. Well, people don't believe it. It doesn't matter whether they believe it or not. What matters is, are we doing our best to be a witness and to do our best to persuade? Work at it. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Verse 20, for the love of Christ constraineth us. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's what we are. That's what we are on the planet is ambassadors. So, first of all, winning, winning <clears throat> outreach in our community. Outreach in our community. Okay, well, the second part here of Acts 1.8, if you remember, Acts 1.8 says Jerusalem and then Judea. So if you can think of Jerusalem as inside the province of Judea. Let's just generally speak it that way, or the region of Judea. Okay, Acts 1.8, you shall be witnesses unto me in Judea. So not only are we to reach our city, but we're to reach our region. Okay, we are to be responsible to be a part of reaching our region. Well, what is regional outreach? Where is that in the Bible? Well, I don't think I need to take you too far through the book of Acts where Paul says they went into Asia. Okay, and, and Acts 19.10 says, they, This they continued by the space of two years, I believe this is Ephesus, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus. So now he's referencing 
First a town, now he's saying the whole country heard of Jesus. Say, well, we're living in the United States. Everybody's heard of Jesus. That, that is a falsehood, an absolute falsehood. I was, let's see, I think, man, I think it was either right before Dean and I got married or right after we were in uh, Buffalo, Wyoming. And maybe I've said this before, but it's one of those things that sticks in your head, you know. And I witnessed the two little boys uh, in a the street. They were about nine, ten years old. It was publicly, and there were lots of adults around, you know. So, and it was a different day. People weren't so freaked out about all this stuff. And, and I just remember, I just talking to them a little bit, and I said, well, you guys, you know, know who Jesus is. And two, they were nine, I think nine or nine and ten, they thought Jesus Christ was a cuss word. They had no knowledge that there was a man in history named Jesus Christ who was God. They thought Jesus Christ was a cuss word. And he is, to many lost people. So don't, don't get the idea that everybody just knows who Jesus is. I'm telling you, there are people in this town who have grown up around Baptists and, and Mormons and all that stuff who still, they think they have a grasp on it, but they still don't know who Jesus is. Amen. And there are other people who literally have no clue. So, in this region, in the state of Idaho, there are people, I'll just use the word, because to me region means Idaho, our state. Now, we could say in our, uh, we could say in the uh, Intermountain, Intermountain West, is that a good way to say it? The Intermountain West? Because our region could reach into Nevada. I mean, there's towns in Nevada that aren't too far away. There's towns in Utah that aren't too far away. There's towns in Montana that aren't too far away. There's towns in Oregon that aren't too far away. I mean, so we need to be, we need to be part of, part and parcel. We need to be joined in, not just reaching our Jerusalem. So maybe, you know, canvassing and door knocking and all that stuff. But we need to be part of reaching out in the state of Idaho. Well, okay, now you tell me. You tell me. What are ways that we, as, as Jerome Bible Baptist Church, can reach the rest of Idaho or our region? Internet would be a way, yeah. As a matter of fact, kind of as a parenthesis, but a couple of our missionaries are using a Bible study that they're posting on the Internet, and they're reaching their whole nation. And I, I am talking to, I'm going to be talking to them about seeing if it's something we can incorporate here. Okay, Internet, what other? What some other ways? Church planning, big time, church planning. What else? Maybe, there's more direct ways. What's that? Well, that reaches our city. I'm talking about our, the state of Idaho. How can we be involved in outreach in the state of Idaho? I'll just help you out so we don't spend a whole lot of time here. But uh, while we, we can support other men who are planting churches. So we can ch- plant churches ourselves, which we should be doing. But we can also support men like Daniel McDonald, who's out in Driggs. We've done a little bit for them and uh, will probably continue, especially right now through all this time with their up and down uh, with COVID. It kind of kills attendance. And when you're a young family, it's a big deal. So we can support other men that are doing the same thing. So we need to be involved. We need to be concerned. We need to have a vision that's in our town, but we also need, we can't be we can't be inward focused. We have to realize that we are also responsible to help give the gospel to our region. There are there are other men and other churches who are doing a work. We can be a help. Um, some of you might remember we helped 
uh, Brother Widener up in Weipe. Um, we, we helped him. It's been several years now, but that he uh, needed some new tires for his truck, and we bought him some new tires because they're, they're way up in the mountains, and he's, he, he runs and cuts down trees, and I, and I have talked with him much. I try to be encouragement. If you remember, he's the man who lost his wife. His wife, I think she passed away of leukemia, some sort of cancer. And so we have, we've tried to be a help to him. And there are other things. We can, we can, I mentioned a brother, Brother Hensley, praying for him. We can be involved in the gospel in Payette if we pray for Brother Hensley. I, I mean, there's many, many ways that this can happen. But we have to take personal responsibility for the gospel outreach in our region. We have to do that. Amen. And you shall be witness unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea. And then it says an interesting thing, in Samaria. Now, Samaria is kind of an interesting thing because Samaria is... Uh, would be a, an unliked place that can be both a region and a city, okay, that was uh, not necessarily in the re- direct region of Jerusalem, but it was inside the nation. So if I could, if I can put it this way, that Samaria would be, they're still inside our governance, but they're not like us. Well, Texas, does that, does that apply? You all met Brother Cooper when he was here preaching the missions conference. Texans are not like us. They're, they're very different people. Well, and you know what? I don't know if many of you guys have met. Has anybody here have any good experience? Not good. I mean, I didn't mean that like that sounded. Does anybody here have any uh, consistent experience with someone from the Northeast? Like New York, Boston. Okay, very, they can be very abrupt people, can't they? And they're, they're not even necessarily being mean by it. They're just abrupt. And they actually feel and sound rude, and you can be rude right back, and they're okay with that. I mean, it's what it feels and sounds like oftentimes. And you, if you think I'm being funny, you just need to go vid, just walk downtown New York City with your wallet in your front pocket for a while. So, and don't take your car. But anyways, the whole thing. Whole, um, we are also responsible to spread the gospel inside of uh, for, for this realm, I would have to say, any place we can reach from here, United States, I, I would have to include Canada, because Canada is very close to us specifically. They would have to be part of our group. They're different, but they still fall inside the realms that are close to us. We have to think about them as well. We need to, we need, so let me just make it practical. We need to be involved in church planting all over the U.S. If we can't directly plant the church then we need to be involved in making sure the gospel is preached through other church planters. And we are doing that. We have been doing that. Uh, uh, one of the things that I'm... Uh, COVID has taken away one of my favorite meetings at Heartland, which is the Church Planters Conference. Uh, just, they just announced, I think, in the last two days that they've had to, had to cancel the Church Planters Conference for good reason, because many of the people who would come are coming from areas that are heavily affected from coronavirus, and they don't want that bringing into the students right now. You have no sense having the students be sick and out and back in and out and back in. So keep, you know, try to keep that as much away as possible. I get that. What bothers me is I don't get to see those men face to face and hear them tell their need and watch the family and see, see other men because half the time I'm up there going, do you know this guy? You know, or texting some other guy. I know preachers aren't supposed to do that. But I'll be, in, I'll be in looking at this guy and I'll be texting some preacher over there going, do you know this guy? Do you know this guy? 
hearing from other guys, other preachers saying, yeah, yeah, this is a good guy. Or, <laughs> you know, and that, that's a blessing to hear that. We'd gather together and look and see and we would throw money at people. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I'm not get, we're not going to get to see that in the same realm, although they are going to post some needs, praise the Lord. But that doesn't relieve us as a church from responsibility to investing in church planners here in the U.S. And I, frankly, I, I mean, I have a hard time. To me, if you're in Canada, you're a church planner because they're just... Canadians are different, but they're still... It's just part of us still, okay? So just... just yeah, never mind. <laughs> I don't want to pick on Miss Jen. If it was Brother Harris, then I would pick on him. But well, Miss Jen's too nice, so we'll leave her be. So, so we must win the lost in our city. We must win the lost in our region. We must win the lost in our nation. Okay. By the way, Philip went down to Samaria. He fulfilled that great commission down to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And then the last one is under the uttermost part of the earth. Now, granted, this is what 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 part of our church is fulfilling this. Amen. Missionary. So I have this, I have a kind of a, um, it's, uh, some of you, I'm sure Brother Chester's heard this idea before, but one, one of the things that, I, I can't call it a philosophy, it's just a wish, okay? One of my wishes is that we would support a missionary uh, so at so, so many missionaries in so many places, so we could say the sun never sets on the ministry of Jerome Bible Baptist Church. Does that you understand that? In other words, that we are seeking purposefully to support missionaries at this country and in that country and in that country and in that country. It's, you know, we had Brother Mallard here, and I love Brother Mallard, and we may support him. They will do a good work. But we already support, I think, two or three missionaries in that region of Australia. And so while I, I love Brother Mallard, and, I'm, and if he has a need, we will probably very much help, part of me goes, man, I, I want to help him. But at the same time, should we also maybe be thinking about, uh, you know, where else? How about Western Russia? We, got, we support some people in Eastern Russia. How about Western Russia? How about, I don't know, how about somewhere in the middle of Africa? We support, some, we support a guy in South Africa. And now, now we actually have uh, in Kenya, but I mean, you know, there's other places. What about France? You know, what about, what about the Scandinavian countries? What about, I mean, you hear what I'm saying? It'd be, it'd be that's just one of those things I'm thinking about. But anyways, we, you shall be witness unto me into the uttermost part of the earth. Acts 8.4 says this, therefore they, now, get, now this is interesting, Eight, Acts 8, 4 says, Therefore they were scattered abroad, they that were scattered abroad, went everywhere preaching the word. Now that's kind of interesting. Let's just go ahead and look at that real quick because that's, that's an interesting context and we're almost done. Okay, so you'll see Acts chapter 8, verse 1 is where Saul comes in in his persecution role. Okay, so he's persecuting and it says in verse 3 that he made havoc of the church and and it says in verse 4, therefore they that were scattered abroad were everywhere preaching the word. You realize, because persecution came in, everybody scattered. Because the persecution was localized, so they were leaving to find other areas. Oh, and by the way, it doesn't say that's a bad thing, by the way. It's good for us to realize that if somebody leaves our area because of local persecution, that, the Bible never says that's a bad thing. Okay? So, but anyways, so... Persecution comes on, they scatter out, 
but this is everyone that was scattered. In other words, just the average believer that was a member of the church, when they left, they were preaching the word wherever they went. We're not talking about preachers just being scattered here. We're talking about church members. Persecution came down, wham, and everybody went, I'm gone, see you later. And they went into the wherever town they came out, and they say, well, what are you here for? Well, we're here because we believe, and they begin to preach the word where they were. Every one of those, just church members, this wasn't, you know, this, they weren't sent out to go do this. This is what they did. This is because it was, it was what they believed. It's what they saw. It was an amazing thing. Amen. Now, interestingly enough, the leadership are actually the ones who stayed in Jerusalem, and it was the normal members who went out. But anyways, we'll just keep right on rolling. Um, Romans 10. So when we, when we talk about reaching out to the world, there are those who are sent. Okay, so Romans 10, 14 and 15. You know the passage. How then shall they call on him who they have not believed? How shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Okay, so are, there are some who are sent out to preach the gospel. Um, we could, we could say that we have some direct connection to the Tomberlins and the Kecks. Being, now, we weren't necessarily devolved in the direct part of the sending, but we are part of the sending of those people, and, we, and, and frankly, we should. There, it should be that this church eventually sends someone out uh, to, to in, into the world. That should be a part of it that we should seek for. So one of the ways that we can reach is we can... Some people can be sent, and we can support those who are sent. Acts 13, 2 and 3 also has the same thing. To me, that's a, that's a good illustration here. Acts 13, 2 and 3. As they ministered unto the Lord and fasted, talking about the church there, uh, I believe in Antioch, they, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they sent them away. Okay? So there are some who are sent, but then there are some who just went Okay, so First First Thessalonians one, First Thessalonians one. It's one of my favorite chapters talking about how the Great Commission should be fulfilled. First Thessalonians one, and I'm not going to go to the whole thing, but you should read the whole chapter. For from you, Paul telling the Thessalonican church, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia, their region, and Achaia. But also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad. What do they do? Everybody knew about the faith of the Thessalonians. It reached out everywhere. People everywhere had heard about it. It should be that other believers, maybe even other missionaries, tell people occasionally about Jerome Bible Baptist Church supports us. I'm, and I'm, I'll just tell you, one of the, you may not even know this, but one of the things that I hear from our missionaries again and again and again is, Oh, you're the church that sends us the birthday cards and anniversary cards. I say, yes, that's, our, that's a group in our church. I'm telling you, missionaries don't forget that. They don't forget that because many missionaries that go on the field and they're forgotten, they have to make sure, they have to make sure that they send letters, but nobody tells them anything. I, okay, you hear what I'm saying? I've mentioned before, I've considered doing our own letter to our, our missionaries saying what we're doing. But anyways... Um, these people, it says just the every, everyday average member, their faith was so spoken about that everybody knew about it. Amen. I, I mean, that, that's a wonderful thing. And I, and I have. I, so if I can, uh, one of the things that I would hear is when people hear the name of Jerome Bible Baptist Church, often what I'll hear is, oh yeah, um, 
are the Whitakers still there? Is Chester, is he still there? Well, yeah. Why? Because people know about Brother Chester. Well, yeah, but everybody knows Brother Chester, which is true, by the way. It's amazing even in town how many people know Brother Chester. But it's not just about Brother Chester. There's a faith recognition there. Amen. There's a faith recognition. Amen. That's something that needs to be worked on from us as believers. That our, our faith, whether through directly from ourselves or our supporting other people, needs to reach the world. And you can. You can. You can affect the world. How? Missions giving. Missions giving. Now, you know, it's one of the weirdest things in the world, and, and it's happened. Uh, we never saw it when it was evangelism, but all my time working at churches in, a, in a, some sort of a capacity in a church office, we would often, often receive um, books, paraphernalia, propaganda from believers. And we, I, we still, to this day, Brother, Brother Harris will tell you, I, I'll get books in the mail from some believer in Georgia, Maybe somebody in um, you know, California or Texas will get emails from, from people in Africa and other places. And what are they doing? They are trying to spread what they believe. They want me to buy into, half the time it's they want me to buy into their little um, one-off ideology that they developed and wrote a book on and did 14 DVDs on. No kidding, that stuff has happened. And they want me to buy into that. What are they doing? They're trying to spread their religion. I, we do. I, it's, it's, it's incredible how it works sometimes. We're responsible to do the same thing. Ah, but they're going to think we're fanatics. Aren't you kind of supposed to be? What, truly, what is a fanatic, by the way? It's a fan. It's a super fan. A super fan is a fanatic. Someone who's devoted to one cause, one cause only, that's all they can talk about. Yeah, that pretty much kind of should be what Christians are. Amen. We should be fanatics. Amen. One of the words I've heard many churches use of late is all in. You should be all in on, on, on what we're doing here. Amen. The world needs to hear about the lost. First, um, First Timothy 2, 3, and 4. I'm just going to give you a few verses and we'll be done. First Timothy 2, 3, and 4. Um, God our Savior who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Second Peter 3, 9. I'm shortening some of these, by the way, for you. 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that is part of our involvement. Now, it's more than that, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. It's not just about us seeing people get saved. That's, that is not the extent of the Great Commission. The extent of the Great Commission is seeing people get saved and then walking alongside them, teaching them leading them to understand what baptism is so that they will voluntarily offer themselves for baptism and then educate them to what it is that a believer is, what a believer does, what a believer worships, who a believer worships, all those things, so that at some point they are walking on their own two feet. Again, go back and read 1 Thessalonians because it's a great chapter for that. Paul talks about those who follow me, those who follow with me, and those who follow on. They're following Jesus, which is exactly how it's supposed to happen. Hey, come with me. Come with me. Yeah, okay, now come up and walk next to me. Okay, now you go on. Yeah, you just follow Christ, and I'm going to go grab another one. Amen. And that, that's how it should be. That should be the constant rotation of a believer. That true biblical evangelism is not just them getting saved. It, it goes way beyond. Way beyond. 
Uh, matter of fact, truthfully, true biblical evangelism never ends for any believer. Because there is none of us who has learned all we're supposed to know. So we're all still in the process of learning. Amen. So we're all in the process of learning. So a Bible-believing Baptist church is one who seeks to win people to Christ, see them get baptized, understanding what that means, and then educates them to be a person who will go out and win people to Christ, teach people to be baptized, knowing what that means, and educate people who will then teach people about the gospel so that they get saved, get them to be baptized, understanding what that, you understand what that means. Are you following me? That's a cycle. It's a process. If, if, if we don't keep doing that, we die. Amen. Uh, Baptist churches should be established wherever the gospel is preached and there are believers. Amen. The heartbeat of our church should be and is biblical evangelism. It should be one of our causes. Therefore, we should be doing everything we can to disciple everyone we can in any way we can. Amen. It's, uh, again, I'm going to take you back to that same step idea. When you meet people on the, on the street, you need to find out what's the next step that they need to bring them closer to the gospel. What's, what's the next thing they need that, to hear about Jesus, to hear about themselves, to hear about sin, to hear about the cross? What is the next thing they need to hear? Some plant, some water, God's the one who gives the increase. What can you do to bring people closer to Christ? Well, in our city, you know what you can do. You can verbally tell and support the church's efforts and outreach. In our state, what you can do, you can support the church's outreach efforts by supporting missionaries and joining us if we go help blast through. Maybe we can go help canvas a whole town for a preacher so that they all, this, everybody in town gets a little bag on their door. We could do that. We can, we can help with that. We can help with, in our nation, with church planting. We can support church planters. We can send church planters. We can, in our world, we can support missionaries. We can send missionaries. I keep saying the send. Actually, maybe we should use this. We should be. Because I'm, I'm without question that some people in every church, are, God is working in them to be, not just to send, but to be sent. Amen. I completely believe that. The, is the need great? Is the cause right? Well, then our duty is clear. <laughs> There's no question. There is no question. Amen. So one of the causes that the Lord has given us in church membership is the cause of evangelism. Amen. <clears throat> Next week, we're going to look at the cause of defending the faith. Defending the faith. Or if I could say maintaining the faith, but it also implies defending the faith. So, I mean, let's have a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. Dear Father, we thank you so much for the day. Lord, we would ask that you would bless us, Lord, in our church. And I know there are people here who, who want to be better witnesses. And I pray that you'd teach us how, Lord, that not just how, but that we would. That we would take the effort and learn and speak and talk to people and not be offensive, Lord, but, in, but begin to, on purpose, find out where people's needs are and begin to realize that this is what, this is what the Lord came to help and do and, and take care of and solve, that he came to find sinners. He, he, didn't, he didn't come looking for people who are good people. He came to find sinners, and we're all sinners. Well, I pray that you'd teach us to, to stop looking at other people just as fellow American citizens, but at people who are lost and dying and on their way to hell who need Jesus Lord, they, they need to be saved from their sins just as much as we did and do, Lord. We'll thank you for it. I pray that you'd help us not to forget the cause and get involved and help it be our heartbeat also. We ask this now in Jesus' name.